Don was sharing some things on Wednesday night. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, kind of dealt a little bit with the uh, misunderstanding of predestination and things like that. But some of the other things as well as he was bringing out is, you know, God knows us. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, we're, we're created. And we're created for a reason, created for a purpose. Uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, over in our first hour, you know, the intelligent design. You know, things are not just freewheeling down here, and neither are we. Uh, you know, maybe later in life you came to know God. Well, he knew you before you were born. Uh, he knew us from the foundation of the, the world. It's hard for us to wrap our little pea brains around such ideas as that. But Scripture can't be broken, and that's what it says. David said, all my days were written in your book before there was even one of them. Uh, you know, that's just, I guess, kind of the, the problem being omniscient. Can't help you just know everything. Uh, so today, what I'd like to do is I'm going to share some scriptures uh, about uh, our potential, who we are, body of Christ, uh, but fellow workers, fellow workers with God. I'm turning right now to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul, you know, I like how a lot of times he used himself as an example, you know, for us to understand, and we, we're part of that too. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he's talking about him and Apollos, you know, kind of working together. Ministers, uh, through whom you believed, as the Lord gave each one. Verse 6, 1 Corinthians 3 and 6, I planted, but Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. So then he, neither he who plants anything, you know, by himself, or he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. And Paul considered himself a wise master builder building on this foundation. And we all need to take heed on how we build on that. Now, we were created for a reason. God said, I've created you for my glory. The Great Commission says, go ye into all the world and share this good news with everybody. And we see that we've been raised up to seek and to save the lost. Christ came down here himself to seek and save the lost. That we have a purpose to bring in more of those living stones from every nation under heaven. But we do that by ministry, ministry, ministering to people. I mean, we've all been socialized in our own culture here, as everyone else is around the world. And uh, really what we are to be is Christ to these people. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10, verse 11, both speak about that the life of Jesus is to be seen in your mortal body. The actual life of Christ. Look, if you've been born again, Paul said the mystery is in Colossians 1.27, is Christ in you the hope of glory? Jesus said, anyone who sees me doesn't really see me. They see the one who sent me. 
I know, again, our little finite mortal pea brains sometimes, these are lofty. Spiritual truths, they're not only lofty, but they're amazing. In fact, too wonderful for me, David said. Some of these things of God just start blowing your mind. And the bigger he gets, the smaller you feel. In a good way. In a good way. Not insignificant like a bug, like a grasshopper. Humbly. You don't have a thing to worry about if he's got his arms wrapped around you. I will never leave you nor forsake you, he said. So we can boldly say, hey, what can man do to me? Man, a dangerous animal. You don't need to fear them, Jesus said. Don't fear them that kill your body, and after that, they don't have nothing they can do to you. You need to fear him after he had killed, had power to cast into hell. Truly, I'd say fear that. But we don't need to fear God in that way unless we're out there willfully disobedient or unconverted. He's coming back in flaming fire, the scripture says, taking vengeance on all those that do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that an angry God? No. No, you got to see what he sees. And you realize, woo, he's, he's good and right. He's just. They get their just reward. These people spitting in his face all the time. If you're in his will, if you love God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, which will ultimately end up you loving your brother, your neighbor as yourself, even the unlovely ones, because God is good and he's patient and he's kind of really look at that the wicked that he the wickedness that he sees it's just he said I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked none he wants him to turn and live Read, just read Ezekiel 18, starting in verse 20. Straightforward, right to the end of the chapter. You don't even need to embellish on it. It's just right straight how God feels about it. Not willing any should perish. He is not an angry God, but he said, I can be provoked to wrath. It's not a strong point. His anger only abides for a little while, but his mercy endures forever. We need to know this God. And the, the point is, and Don well brought up, he knew you before you were born, and you've been called out of the darkness and into the marvelous light. If you're here in the hearing of my voice, I didn't see anybody dragged in here except maybe the kids. <laughs> Come on, you're going to church. <laughs> but the rest of us, I think we came in there of our own free will on some pretty rough roads and some bad weather. So we're here because we want to be here. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19, 2 Timothy 2 and 19, Paul writes here, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. 
and let everyone who named the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in the great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but of wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, the dishonorable things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master and prepared for every good work. The Lord knows that those are his. Giving us a choice, good and evil, life and death, vessels of gold and silver, or wood and clay, hay, straw, perishable things that won't stand the test of fire. I'll tell you that. That's what happens. But if we cleanse ourselves from those latter, those corruptible things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, that means set apart for a holy work, if you've been sanctified, you're, you're set aside for God's purposes. Paul said you've been bought with a price, so glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. In 1 Corinthians 12, you get this idea. He, we are the body of Christ, members in particular. Paul would say in Ephesians 5, we're, we're members of his flesh and of his bones. I mean, you can't get any more specific that we are the body of Christ, Colossians 1 says, or Colossians 2, of which he is the head. Of which he is the head. So you're getting this picture. There is a body. It has a head on it. You know, kind of like our bodies. And most of us have a head. Screw down the shoulders there. So Paul starts, he uses this picture of this body with its parts. Uh, let me pick a spot to begin for my sake. Uh, well, if you're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. As the body is one, has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew, Gentile, Slaves, free, all been made to drink under the one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. If the therefore not of the body, if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Wonder if the whole body was eyeball. Paul said, where would be the hearing? Or if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? I mean, okay, we get it. He really wants us to get this picture. But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleases. You know, we have varying gifts and talents. To the one he gives one talent, to another two, another five. Each according to their several ability. The eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. And again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And it goes on. Verse 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Okay, so the picture of a body. And going back to what I said a second ago about some strengths, you know, some you got natural gifts. Part of that, we didn't go over it, were spiritual things. We know that the early church, the first century church, was endowed literally with miraculous powers. Not everybody, but certain ones. And then you see later after Christ gave that power to apostles, by the laying on of apostle hands, 
those gifts could be given to an individual. That's where it came from, from the apostles to whoever they selected. Gee whiz, and they could do amazing things. Heal people, raise the dead, prophesy, all that stuff. But as that New Testament scriptures were finally completed at the end of the first century, when that which is complete has come, the, the impart would be done away, and so we don't see that anymore. We don't see what was done openly, publicly, and come on, come on, come on. With all these cell phones, all this stuff that people take pictures of all the time, it, don't you think that if thousands of people were being raised up from the dead or eyeballs opening, born blind, places like Doris Clausen where Michael went to school for all those years, you know, all these kids in there, you know, with their various disabilities, blindness, mental retarded, in the wheelchairs, whatever their problem is, like the Pied Piper, man, you, Jesus could walk through there, Apostle could walk through there and bring all them kids right out of there perfectly whole. I said that to a woman one time that was telling me they still had all those gifts today. Her name was Bernice. She said, she said, Steve, you're a good Bible study. You really know the Bible. But you need to, you need to go on. You need to, you need to, what did she say? You need to go all the way. I knew where she went to church. I said, you mean into the healings and tongues? Yes. I go, Bernice, we were at the federal center. We were outside. Uh, in the picnic area. I said, Bernice. And I tried to explain her kindly, nicely, about those great gifts were awesome and they were real, but they've been, you know, we don't have those today. Like, that. oh, Steve. I go, Bernice. I said, well, then Harry got Doris Clausen right down the street here, this school where Michael went to. I said, got all these disabled kids in there. Your church says you got all this ability to do all this stuff, just like in the first century. Lame can walk, the blind can see, the dead are raised. I said, why don't you go down there? He said, oh, Steve. I go, what do you owe Steve and me? You're the one that says you got all this power. They're right there, so why don't you go down there in your church and do that? Oh, Steve. Don't get me started on all that. We've got power. Listen to what the Lord is saying. You go to someone with a good and honest heart right now, and you share with them, and their eyeballs will open. They'll live forever. He said their ears will open. They'll live forever. They were dead in their trespasses and sins. They will rise up, and they will live forever. They will never die. He said, do you believe this? We got power, life-changing power. That's why the Lord did those miracles, so that they would realize, you want to see? I can help you see. You want to hear? I'll give you some ears. You want to rise and walk in the newness of life? You who were dead, you'll live forever. What we do, Jesus told his apostles, you will do greater works than these what could possibly be greater than opening the eyes of a blind person or a deaf person open the ears and uh, cleansing and healing and lame walking what could be greater than that because all those people died man when we do it through God's grace they live forever that's the whole point we have natural gifts. 
I'm in Romans 14 for just a, or 12, sorry, real quick. Like, having different gifts, verse 6, according to the grace has given us, let us use them as prophecy, prophesying in proportion of our faith. Ministry, let it use it in our ministry, in teaching, teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. We all can do these things. Let love be without hypocrisy. Hate what's evil. Cling to what's good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. This is for us to do. We can do this. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in the spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continually steadfastly in prayer. That's not miraculous. You don't need the power of a... Uh, the Holy Spirit in a sense you do because if you're born again you have the power to put off concerning your former conduct your old man but we're not talking remember a miracle by definition a miracle and people say well we have that today it's not the miracle is setting aside natural law you don't have that today setting aside natural law if somebody's sick and they're in the hospital pray for them Pray for them. Blaine already brought out the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. Pray. God says pray for one another that you may be healed. But the healing he came to bring was from the inside out. I'll tell you what, if you're healed from the inside out, you're whole. You're made whole. That external stuff, <laughs> you know a miracle never saved nobody in the Bible? doesn't save your soul. It was a sign gift. So that they knew that the one that was talking to them was giving them the truth. Rabbi, or Nicodemus, came and told Jesus, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher come from God. How does he know that? Because no one can do the signs that you do except God be with them. Well, then I guess you better listen to what he's got to say then. We all have the ability to let these things be in us and minister these gifts to other people. Blessing those who persecute us. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men, and as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. That is who we are to be now, and ministering to other people. We were raised up and created for a reason, and it's for good works. I'm turning right there to Ephesians chapter 2. He tells these people, these are Gentiles formerly, he said, you is dead. You were dead in your trespasses and your sins, but he made you alive. This is in the new birth. This is you must be born again of water and spirit. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. 
And when you once, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, to the, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were naturally, quite naturally, children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we was dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ, and by grace you have been saved. Raised us up now together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith not of yourselves it's the gift of God not of works now that's works of the law is what he's talking about works of the law lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're created for good works. Because this is how God's going to be glorified. I have created you for my glory. Jesus would tell us in Matthew chapter 5, Man, you are the salt of my people, the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how will it be seasoned? It's good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. I always thought, salt that loses its flavor is sand. How would you like a mouthful of sand? How would you like to put sand on your corn on the cob, man? If the salt loses its flavor, it's sand, in my mind. You're the light of the world. A city that sits on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. It give light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. If you profess to be a Christian and you're living it and people seeing that, they make the connection. They make the connection. I'm going to give you a couple examples. Let your light so shine. But in a sense, we don't let our left hand know what our right hand is doing. We don't do it to be seen of men, if you understand what I'm saying. You just go and you be Christ-like to this generation, and that light of yours is going to shine, and it is going to be a blessing to all those who come into that room, is what he's saying, while your light is shining. Let it shine. Let it shine. And then he also says something. This we are to do to all men. Okay? You've heard it said, Matthew 5, still Matthew 5. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. Look what he says. For he makes his son to rise on who? The evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. God is good. Even to people that don't deserve it. 
If you're only loving the people who love you, whoop-de-doo. <laughs> he didn't say that. I couldn't help it. If you only love those that love you, so what? What reward do you have? The tax collectors, the mafia does that. If you're only greeting your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. We are to be conforming into his very image. Romans 8 and 29, you know this. Those whom he foreknew, he predestined they would be conformed to the image of his Son, character, that he, Jesus, would be the firstborn of many brethren, just like him. Then what did Jesus say about that to Philip? Philip said, well, show us the Father. It will suffice us. Philip, how long have you been with me? If you've seen me, you've seen my Father, like Father, like Son. He's conforming us into his image, his character. Not by your efforts. You ain't strong enough for that. Nothing was strong enough to transform a human being into practicing righteousness. The law of Moses was the best thing they had in written code, man. I mean, it was a good and holy just law, but it could not produce practicing righteousness in human beings as good as it was. Why? It says because of the weakness of the man. So what was God's solution? Lower the standard like we do in the public zoo today? Lower the standard so now Johnny can graduate even though he can't read his diploma? Sorry, brother. Generic term. I saw you sitting back there looking sad. There ain't a Jimmy in here, huh? so Jimmy can read or graduate. Look, he didn't lower the standard. He raised. He elevated the man. He changed the man. That's what Romans eight tells you. Can a natural man keep a, a spiritual law? No. Romans seven and fourteen. Paul said the law is spiritual. He's talking about the law of Moses. Spiritual. He said, but we are carnal, sold under sin before your regeneration. Can a natural man keep a spiritual law? No. Can a spiritual man keep a spiritual law? Yes. That's what God did. He spiritualized the man. That's what the new birth is all about. He spiritualized the man. Paul said, you're no longer considered in the flesh. Romans 8, verse 8 and 9. Those in the flesh, he said, can't please God. But you, Christian, you are not in the flesh. You in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwell in you. And if anyone don't have the spirit of Christ in him, he said, he ain't his. You must be born again. Because the spirit strengthens the inner man to put off concerning the former conduct, the old man. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you can put on that new man. It's all God's action, Jackson. His power, if you got the faith for it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. That's why God gives each one of us one of these babies. Got to have this. This produces the Abrahamic faith. You get the spirit born again. You got the Abrahamic faith. Spirit of God come together. Boom, success. How do you think Jesus lived all that time, 33 years down here in a human body, tempted in all points yet without sin? It tells you that's how he did it. He said, follow me. Follow me. Easy. We're God's fellow workers. He said, you are God's field. The world, it says, is the field. We have to go into all this world and share good news with the people. 
You know, God don't see the world like a lot of times people see the world. We think the world's a big place. He sees it all at the same time. We're seeing more and more of it at the same time. You know, I, I like to share, you know, when I'm doing that Zoom, look like holiday, Hollywood squares. <laughs> I got these Belarusians on there, but I got Ukrainians on there. And Zukar comes on from Kyrgyzstan. You know, from the stands. I know Mark would relate to, to the stands, man. You know, the Kyrgyzstans, the Pakistans, Afghanistans, Kazakhstan, you know. The stands. Well, Zucar's in the stands. Alan Marshall comes on from London. Oleg, all at the same time, like Hollywood squares. And I'm thinking, hey, that's the way God looks. Except his screen's got about six billion squares. And he sees them all. Onion, Ukraine. I'm going to give you a couple examples. I want I want you to see how God works. We're a body, and we got a this togetherness in Christ working together every part and piece hands and feet and eyes working together has made a big difference uh, in a community in our own lives and I think globally and I like sharing sometimes things I get because God is being glorified and it took all of us to do it it took all of us. And this is what we need to see and understand, how God works. It, it's humbling. It really is. So Anya told me, you know, she's in Ukraine. Things are rough. So I've been sending help. You know, we were going to Ukraine before the war, so we know people there. And then we've been going, uh, sending help all through this time. So Anya tells me... Uh, what happened just yesterday from one of the ladies we were helping. A mom, she's got some disabled kids, really bad shape, sent some help. She said, I have a special, special message from Natalia. She has a very touching story. She told me that when I sent her some funds from you for the medicine and the food, she, she was in church with her mom. And as they were in there in the church, somebody wanted to start a little collection of some money to help a poor soldier in need. She said she had her last 100 grievnas in her pocket. Now, a grievna, 100 grievna is about $2.60. We're talking a widow's mite here. That's all she had in her pocket. And she decided to give it to the soldier. Now, this is what Anya's telling me. The moment she did, Anya said, the moment she dropped the money in the basket, she got a message from me, Anya, and saw that I had just transferred your help into her account to help her family. She showed the message to her mom, and they both started crying. Now, look what she said. She believed that it was God. What did Jesus say? The good work you do, and God gets glorified. Anya said Natalia was crying her mom, and they believed that that came right from the God. The minute they dropped their might in the basket for someone else, for a soldier, 
that happen. Boom. Right now, they're in this church. And the pastor saw her crying and said, what's the matter? And they told him. She was so emotional. And he asked her, can you please get up and tell everyone? So she got up and told everyone in the church, and then everybody's crying. She is very grateful to you for the help. And now and she's got medicine for the kids and all this, and she's many thanks, blah, blah, blah. Now notice how she said, she's, okay, thank him. She don't even know who I am. I've never met this Natalia. But my point is, the support that I can send ain't my money. And I've told the honey that. I said, that ain't my money. I got it from other people. You gave it to me. You gave it to me. I put it in this account. Anya said she needs some help. Here, here's my hard work. Click, 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 click. I got Anya's PayPal. Click, click, send. Man, whew, man, tough job. It wasn't me. It was all these hands and feet and people working together. The money come to me. I just collected it. It goes in this thing. I click a couple things. Anya gets it. She sends it to someone desperately in need. And what did it say? God is glorified is what it said. They believed right then and there because it happened the instant they did it trying to help somebody else. They believed that came from God. When a pastor heard that, God, he made her tell everybody. Then everybody's crying. And God was glorified. I'm just sharing that because I think that's cool. We're all in this together. I'll guarantee you what, if you didn't give me the money, I couldn't send it. I'm retired. I'm on a fixed income. I can't be helping people. I just happen to be like a traffic cop. <laughs> I just directed here and there. Okay, I get these things. Box sent me one this morning. He said, Fong wants to help 40 orphans. She's using her own money, but she fell a little bit short. She needs 350 bucks. Well, guess what I'll probably do? I'll send Fong in Vietnam $350, probably whatever, tomorrow or something, to help orphans. God loves orphans and widows and people with disabilities, and poor people, and people that have no hope. I'll give you this one real quickly. Uh, Esperina. Many of you know about Esperina. Remember her daughter, Leva, muscular dystrophy, needed that surgery, got into Sweden somehow to get all that to happen. She, then she was told that she couldn't stay. They were going to deport her, so she appealed, and her appeal was Thursday, yesterday, or last week, Thursday, the 10th. And she said, well, I was waiting to hear from her, and I didn't hear. She said, I apologize. I didn't write earlier. It's been a very stressful and terrible day. I was prepared to answer all their questions. I did my best. Remember, she, they, she was told by handicaps in Kosovo, who helps disabled people, if you can get to Sweden... You stay there. Don't you ever come back here. Your daughter will have no life here. Kosovo is not open to, you know, more with accesses to for people with disabilities. She's got muscular dystrophy. She may die anyway. 
But Esperina wants some quality of life for her daughter. I get that. So she lied, cheated, or did whatever she had to do to get into Sweden. She did get that surgery. Then he told her they're going to deport her. She appealed, and she said, uh, all they asked me when I went there for the appeal is basically they explained to me how they're going to deport me. In the end, I told them I want to wait for their final decision, but I will, she said, collaborate with them, but I think she meant cooperate. Now we just wait for their decision or for a miracle. In other words, she's going to get deported with her daughter, who's in a wheelchair, back to Kosovo. I can tell in her voice she's resigned herself to the fact that she told them we'll cooperate. But I know where she's at, right where she was before, below the basement, no hope. She honestly believed that Sweden was her hope. Sweden is not her hope. The United States isn't the hope. For all these poor people coming across the border in a very dangerous situation, being abused and raped and killed and drowned in the river, whatever's happening to them, boy, they're going to be disappointed. I'd like to say they would have found a, a better America, but unfortunately, I think I'm about ready to go across the river the other way. I'm, yeah, get it. The place where she needs to be is in the kingdom of God, is what the scripture says. That's the only hope. That's a kingdom that will not be shaken. That's where she needs to get and get Leva there as well. Now she's going to get deported. Well, Lord willing, uh, Jeff and I are going to Ukraine in February. And from Ukraine, we're going into Pristina, Kosovo. And that's where she's from. And if she is deported by then, which would be somewhere around the last day or so of February because I told her I'm not going to lose track of you she doesn't know what she doesn't know and I shared with her quite a bit she told me I gave her a lot to think about but now if she ends up back there all is not lost God has a plan for all of us and it's eternal life with him that's for her and for everybody else that's what she can have and leave it to eternal life they can be healed, they can be made whole, no more crying, no more sadness, no more tears, former things passed away. That's what God offers. America doesn't have that for people or Sweden or anywhere else. So she may be all depressed and sad about it, but she needs to be encouraged. You know, it tells us in Proverbs 12 and 25, anxiety produces uh, depression. I'm just turning right real quick there. Uh, Proverbs 12 and, and 20. I'm ending right here. Be cool. I've got it. Verse 25. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. A good word. A good word. See, she needs to be encouraged. She needs to be strengthened. You know, the apostles went into, like, various, in their missionary journeys, the apostle Paul... And it says right here in Acts 15 and 32, Now Judas and Silas themselves, being prophets also, exhorted and strengthened the brethren with many, what? Words. Words. 
Do you realize that words that are communicated into the mind of a human being, that God created that mind, it's able to reason, it's able to discern, take in information, assimilate information, draw conclusions based on information, that the power of the Word of God, Hebrews 4 and 12, tells you the Word of God is alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, it'll pierce right in there to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Man, you come in there with a person with a good and honest heart, with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and stuff is going to happen. You can strengthen humans with many words. And then it says in Acts 16 and 5, so the churches were strengthened in their faith and increased in number greatly. That's why we're going to Ukraine. We got a, a request from Slava. Can you come over here and help us? What is the anxiety causing depression? <laughs> These people are going through some stuff. They need to be strengthened with good words. Esperina needs to be strengthened with good words. All is not lost. No, there is hope. There is hope, hope for the world. And guess who possesses the key? You do. And I do. Oh, we're blessed to be a part of this. Go ye, the Lord said. You know, he didn't have to, he, he did. He, he got this baby going. You're blessed to be a part of it. In the salvation of the souls of men. Your loved ones, your family, your friends, even unlovely strangers. More blessed to give than it is to receive. I share that with you. We are the body of Christ, members in particular. You have various gifts and talents. We all do. And boy, do we have blessed opportunities to unpackage these things for people that are below the basement. You've been there. You have been that person. I know I was that person. And I, I think I'm a pretty normal, average person. I don't think I was the only one that ever wondered what it was all about. Wasn't going to kill myself. I told you why. Because, you know, mom did that. I wasn't going to do that and leave my kids that way. But maybe you thought about it at one time or another. That's where people at. A good word, though, can make their heart glad. And we possess those words. Thank you for your attention this morning. Okay.